and concerning Bibles, Proverbs chapter 1. Amen. We're going to continue our thought this morning <clears throat> dealing with the anatomy of the fool. And our thought this morning will be the essential heart attitude of blessing. And I encourage each one of you to honestly evaluate your heart and your life. Because, you know, we have this notion that you know, there's only two kinds of people on the earth. Wise people and fools. That's it. That's right. And we seem to have this, you know, unconscious stuff. Well, I, I'm not a fool, Brother Charlie. I'm just unwise. No, no, no. If you are not living according to the way of wisdom, practically ordering your life according to the scriptures, purposely building your spiritual house, as we saw the attributes last week, laying up knowledge, having a prayer life where you are earnestly and passionately seeking Jesus Christ, preparing for the future. Now, that's the difference between the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. The wise ones were preparing and if you do not have these attributes evident in your life, you're not unwise. You are a fool. That's right. That's right. And it would be a good thing to take oh. inventory. Amen. And if you don't think that you can really evaluate it fully, ask your authority. Amen. Mother, father, do you think that I am a wise man? Or Amen. Amen. Because this morning, you may not have attained to wisdom, but if you're a wise man, you are heading in that direction, living wisely. So we need to all evaluate and examine our hearts today. We'll be reading in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction. This is the purpose right here. To perceive the words of understanding. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment and equity. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, Hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. Let's pray. 
Father, we do come. What a needy people. Father, we come before the throne of grace and mercy in this time of need. Father, I'm asking you, Lord, for your anointing. Lord, heavenly authority and unction, your presence. Lord, your fear here in this house. Father, that you would awaken, enlighten, and convict. That your word, Lord, would go forth. Father, let it divide between soul and spirit. Cause your voice to be heard. Let Christ be exalted and manifest. We ask you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have been considering the life of Abner, and in doing so, we have been performing an autopsy upon the fool. This morning, we are going to look at the essential heart attitude of blessing. And I cannot stress enough how important and essential the subject of this message is today. I'm going to repeat some things that I said last week, but this is absolutely indispensable and foundation. This right here is a key to spiritual blessing, apart from which no one will advance in the spirit. It is indeed the sin qua non of life and blessing. And if someone does not get this right, they will not, cannot right. prosper and be blessed in God. So we are looking here this morning in our spiritual autopsy of the fool at the heart of the fool because the root and source of all things as we know is the heart. And thus we're going to look especially at the essential attitude of heart that one must possess if they are going to avoid becoming a fool and instead become a wise man that is blessed of the Lord. We are starting with the heart of the fool because men do not become fools due to mental deficiency but rather because of an evil and proud and stubborn attitude of heart. It says in Mark, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. You see, foolishness is just as wicked as all of these other sins and the root and the source is the heart. It says in Proverbs 28 and 26, the chief mark of the fool, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely shall be Delivered. This is the mark of the fool, right? He trusts in his own instincts, in his own notions, in his own opinions, in his own strength. Such is the state of the fool. 
But whoever will walk wisely and apply the word of God to their hearts, they will be delivered from their self. Because the fool trusts in his own heart. It says in Proverbs 12 and 15, the way of the fool is right in his own you see, this is the picture of the fool. Right. He trusts in his own heart and therefore his way is right in his own eyes. So here's our definition of the fool. It is one who stubbornly, contrary to the reasonableness and the righteousness of God's wisdom. One who stubbornly lives contrary to the reasonableness and the righteousness of God's wisdom. And likewise, a man becomes wise because he receives a new heart. And then he cultivates the fear of the Lord, which leads to a humble, teachable spirit, which trembles at God's word and thus receives wisdom and instruction. So last week we began to lay a foundation. And this morning, I want to look at five essential facets of the Christian life and demonstrate how the fear of the Lord, which is a right attitude and posture towards God, is the foundational and indispensable key which allows all of the other aspects of Christianity to be efficacious in our lives. So this morning, we are going to look at the purpose of discipleship, the essential attitude of heart, the way of blessing, the vessel God uses, and the two potential ends of life. And this is nothing that we haven't heard. But it is so beautiful and confirming when you see it all succinctly and clearly laid out in the scriptures. First of all, the purpose of discipleship. That is verses 1 through 7. You know, the Proverbs don't start until chapter 10. You ever think about that? Proverbs chapter 1, we have the introduction. There are verses 1 through 6, giving us the purpose of discipleship. And then, for the next several chapters up to chapter 10, we have some exhortation dealing with the primary essential heart attitude and the way which God is going to disciple and teach us. It's not till Proverbs chapter 10 that we begin the actual Proverbs. So what is the purpose of discipleship? It's very clear that we would all know wisdom. In other words, not that we would just have some spiritual religious trivia, but we would all have an intimate relationship with wisdom. That the wisdom of God would be the way that we think and the way that we live. That we would all be able to personally perceive or understand the word of God that we would all receive into our heart instruction and wisdom and judgment and equity it is to 
Give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. And it says, the mark of the wise man, a wise man will hear, and the evidence of that he will increase in learning. A man of understanding shall attain to wise counsels. Do you see? This is the purpose. That we would all, as we say, get it for ourselves. That the truth would become our own. The things of God would be pleasant to our own hearts and our own souls. That we would all practically live a wise life and be conformed to the image of Christ. That's why Proverbs is written. As I told you, I did a search on the phrase, the wise man. And what do you see? You see this picture right here of what I've described. A portrait of a happy, spiritually strong, stable, and prosperous man who is ever increasing, going on with God, and thus he has an abundance to be a blessing in the kingdom of God. But the question is, how does one attain to such a state? We're told in the scriptures, that the wise man builds his house or his spiritual life upon the rock by both hearing and doing That's right. the word of God. It's really that simple. And most of the problems in here are that people are not truly doing, putting into practice the basic, right. simple truths of Christianity. However, the Bible tells us something very significant about the wise man. Jesus said, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you who he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. What do we learn here about this wise man? The first thing the wise man does is to dig deep or to give intentional effort to make sure the foundation of his own life is in order. And I would propose to you that this foundation is a proper attitude of heart towards God, which the Bible refers to as the fear of the Come Lord. On. This right here Amen. is the yes. foundation. Which brings us to our second point. You're probably amazed we're already there. <laughs> Amen. What is this essential foundation of spiritual prosperity and stability? A proper attitude of heart, which is the fear of the Lord. There are many things that we could say this morning in regards to the fear of the Lord. But I'm just going to define it very simply. The fear of the Lord is to have an attitude of heart that treats God as though He were really God. That's it right there. And if somebody treats God as they're truly God, then there will always be these two fruits in their life. They will treat the Word of God as though it were truly the Word of God 
And they will treat God's delegated authority as though they were truly God's authority and God was truly speaking through them. You see, the fear of the Lord, that's the foundation. And if anyone has the fear of the Lord, then they honor God as God. And the fruit of that will be then they will allow the word of God to be the authority over their lives, especially as it's applied to them practically by their authority. The fool will acknowledge God's existence, oh yes. Even the truthfulness and the profitability of God's word, but he does not seriously live as though God were really and as though he were truly a weak, stupid, and dependent creature. You see, the fool is instead governed by another attitude of heart. Not the fear of the Lord, but the fear of full surrender, which the Bible calls unbelief. You see, unbelief is the damning sin of mankind. But when you truly understand unbelief, it's not mental, it is moral. Unbelief is stubborn, inexcusable, and blasphemous rebellion against God. This is what we must understand. You know, there is no such thing as religious neutrality. And unbelief doesn't mean that somebody lacks faith in God and they're just in no man's land. They're just being unborn. You're not a fool. No, 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 no. Unbelief is positive faith in one's self. That's what unbelief is. And the unbeliever makes himself God. right. And he believes that he's a better God than God. That's what unbelief is. Furthermore, unbelief does not truly believe that it is going to suffer the consequences of its rebellion. You see, the Bible says that the folly of fools is deceit. And if we are not living wisely, then we are living foolishly. And the consequence of that is going to be deception. And whether you'll admit it or not, if you're living as a fool, you think in your heart that somehow you are the exception. That is the nature of the fool. Somehow, it's going to work out fine for me if I don't allow God to be God. I can trust in myself. I can trust in my own way. I can trust in my own strength. I really don't have to get a hold of God. I'm going to make it. Just fine. That's unbelief. And that's the posture of heart of the fool. Right? does nothing more insane than that. You see, we must all properly evaluate our natural state apart from God. Think about this. 
We are all fallen, dependent beings who are utterly bankrupt of any good thing whatsoever. The Bible says that the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's the nature of that heart that you're trusting in if you're not submitted to God. Apart from God, we can do nothing. Our resources are utterly insufficient. Apart from God, we can know nothing. The Bible says there is none that understandeth. We all have blind spots. And as fallen creatures, we must all be supernaturally regenerated and then conformed to Christ via discipleship. Do you see this? Left to ourselves, we are all utterly doomed. You see, we must not only receive an alien righteousness when we're born again, we must receive alien or something that is outside of ourselves, alien truth and knowledge and wisdom and strength and sight. None of these things reside in us. Thus, we need only not merely to be regenerated. But then, as a spiritual baby, we must then be trained and instructed in every facet of life. And the fear of the Lord is the only thing which produces the essential attitude of heart which will enable a man to receive essential light and life of reproof. But a fool trusts to some degree in his own heart and to some degree his ways are right in his own eyes. Thus, the fool will not receive wisdom and reproof and thus he cannot be discipled. You see, last week we began to examine Proverbs chapter 1, which sets forth the key that unlocks the storehouse of heavenly riches. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You see, God sets forth the purpose, discipleship, blessing, the knowledge of God. But then He gives us the bridge, so to speak, by which God will transport all of these heavenly riches into our own lives. That being the fear of the Lord. The Bible says, Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall in the mischief. The spiritual man is going to live in fear of God. A fear of God. A fear of His authority. And a fear of Himself. That's what it speaks about when it says that the happy is the man that feareth always. 
So we see the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Notice the foundational attitude of heart one must have if they want the knowledge of God is the fear of the Lord. Amen. Also take careful note that the first fruits of one who chooses the fear of the Lord is that they will not be like the fool that despises wisdom and instruction. But the mark of the wise man's heart will be one of humility and gratitude toward all wisdom and instruction. This is the first fruit of genuine salvation. Think about it. Eternal life is what? According to John, it is knowing God. And the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of this knowledge. That is because the fear of the Lord always causes one to find their place under authority, thus becoming teachable and open to receive the light of wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord the foundation, the fountainhead. Jesus' first message there that he preached, the Beatitudes, the very first thing that he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, we're all poor in spirit. There's nobody that's rich in spirit. What are you saying? Blessed are all those that realize that. When everyone truly comes in contact with God, hey, will fear him. They will see him. And they will also see themselves. And it will bring about this posture and attitude of heart. Yes, you see, sir. this is the foundation yes, right here. Apart from which there can be no blessing or advancement. It brings us to our next aspect. The way. What is the way? It says in Proverbs 6 and 23, the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. That's the way. From beginning to end. That's right. Reproofs of instruction are the way right. of life. You know, when Brother Charlie was in college, I came back to Baton Rouge. And I was a sophomore. And I was the BMOC at one time. You know what the BMOC is? That's the big man on campus. So the BMOC returned back to his high school. And my college girlfriend went and sat down in the stands to take him roll. High school basketball game. But little did I know, I was about to see, receive and hear the greatest sermon of my life that God had prepared a revival preacher to speak to me. And I remember I sat down there, my girlfriend there. Right there behind me was my old youth leader from church. And that man looked at me and spoke 14 words that changed my life. You see, he said, how's everything going, Charlie? I said, I was a silver I painted a picture how wonderful life was. Headed to become an orthopedic surgeon. 
I'd probably find a cure for cancer and win a Nobel Peace Prize. Everything was just wonderful in my life. That man looked at me. He said, Charlie, you won't be able to smoke people over all your life. A reproof, an instruction. And those words right there were like a dagger in his heart. For the first time, somebody had really loved me and told me the truth about me. You see, the man that loves you the most, Preston, is the man that's willing to tell you the most truth about Preston. That's what truth is. And that man loved me by reproving me. And that reproof, it took about six months for that little seed to germinate. And I was born yes, again. You see, this is the way. I started with a reproof and instruction. And when I got into this kingdom, there were plenty, plenty more reproofs of instruction that I needed. This is the way. There is no other way. And if we are going to go on to fullness of life, then we are going to have an attitude of heart and love yes, and appreciate and receive the glorious reproofs of instruction. What is instruction? It simply means reproof, warning, and restraint. And you hear me. This is why it is so essential for you to establish this attitude of heart yeah. right now. Proverbs is written primarily for you because you are going to make some decisions in your youth that are going to chart the course of your life. You hear me? And one of the decisions is going to be in regards to a mate if God allows you to marry yes sir see that's when you really come out from under your parents authority and you begin to establish your own home that's your first move towards independence and that choice right there will set the tone for your life. That's why God is seeking so jealously to get you to fear the Lord and receive His wisdom and instruction into your heart regarding this essential aspect. And if any of you would dare Scriptures in the Bible 
on reproof and correction and instruction. And you know, you've got a few there scattered throughout the Old Testament. Then you get a proverb. You've got a bunch of proverbs. And then you've got a few more. But then it would always come and end with a verse there in 2 Timothy chapter 3. As I looked up correction, and I looked up reproof. And I looked up instruction. That's interesting. When does that verse in 2 Timothy that it kept bringing me to? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You see, the wise man hears the word of God. And according to that scripture, the word of God is going to be primarily correction, reproof, and instruction. Come on, God. That's the essence of the Word of God. But if one refuses to hear the Word of God, and the nature thereof being reproved, correction, and instruction, then they are a fool. And they cannot increase in God. And there's a man that left his church. And his final last words were, I hate leaving this place in a puddle of my own blood. You know the interpretation of that statement is? I'm a fool. Try, I tried. I am a fool. Because I hate reproof, correction, right. and instruction. You see, think about this, church. We utterly dependent upon God. We have nothing that we've not received from Him. Furthermore, the purpose of Christianity is to be conformed to Christ fully. Are any of you fully conformed to Christ right now? So if we're not fully conformed to Christ, then the nature of ministry is going to be reproved and correction and instruction that we can be fully conformed. Thank you. What, what do we say that we want here? We want revival. Isn't that right? Are we experiencing revival? No, we're not. Why are we experiencing revival? Because there are some hindrances. Therefore, until we experience revival, the nature of ministry is going to be reproof and correction and provocation. You see, the true Christian loves that. That's right. He right. wants to be correct. Yes, sir. Yes, he sir. wants to be challenged on, to go on in God. Yes, sir. That's the nature of biblical ministry. And it will always be that. And if ever we grow tired, Come on. if ever we take yes, a breath, then we are going away of the fool. That's right. right. See, it's not you just
See, the Bible says Jesus came to his own. Jesus is who? The Word. And his own received him. That's when we don't receive correction and instruction and reproof. We are rejecting the Word of God who is Jesus. You see, anything other and a humble and thankful attitude of heart which loves and receives all forms of reproof and spiritual provocation is to ultimately reject him and set oneself on the path to becoming a fool. You think about it. The fool doesn't hate information. The fool will get on the internet and fellowship with the Google monster all night long, learning all sorts of facts, gleaning trivia, learning about life hacks, learning about history. The fool doesn't hate information. What the fool hates is someone telling them that they're wrong. That's right. Telling them how they ought to live yes. their life. You see, the offense. And the essence of Christianity is one and the same. The essence of Christianity is a spoken word, verified only by God's self-attesting authority, which cannot be empirically proven. Hear me here. You see, what does the rebellious and stubborn fool demand? Explain that to me. I don't see that myself. They want you to be able to empirically prove Christianity before they will bow to God. But the essence of Christianity is a spoken word that is pregnant with intrinsic authority which all those who have a good and an honest heart and humble themselves recognize Submit themselves to. That is the entrance into the kingdom. But if one will not be honest and humble and bow to God's authority, then they will not have light and understanding regarding anything. It says in Proverbs 10 and 8, I've never understood the fullness of this until recently. It says the wise in heart will receive commandments, but a praying fool shall fall. You know what praying means? It just means much talk. The wise man will receive commandments. Yes, first and foremost, the commandments. But the wise man doesn't mind somebody telling him what to do. The fool hates it when you command him to do something. And the Bible says that he's a praying fool. He just want to just explain this to me. How does this work? What about this? What about that? He wants you to explain it to him with words. But the Bible says the natural man 
he cannot understand or receive the things of God. Because the things of God are spiritually discerned. That's right. In fact, the Bible says that the servant of the Lord must not strive to be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. You see, until a man will respond rightly to authority and get off the throne of his heart and repent, then he will not have the spiritual discernment to acknowledge or recognize the truth of God. That is an essential key. You see, church, we can learn a lot of truth and we can learn many principles and glean much wisdom from men. But the fear of the Lord cannot be taught by man. It must be personally chosen by a man and then cultivated. Come on. See, there's a progression in growing in the fear of the Lord. It says in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then you go on in that chapter and it says fools would not choose the fear. That's right. You've got to first choose to repent and subject yourself to God's authority and then begin to apply your heart to wisdom to seek after God with all of your heart to apply God's word to your own life and then it says then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. But no man can teach you the fear of the Lord. Right, right. That's something that can only be learned in the presence of God right. as we see God and fellowship with God. And that's the problem in the church. As Isaiah said, he said, your fear of God is taught to you by the precept of man. You don't have a real relationship with God. You don't truly know Him. You haven't really seen Him as He is. You don't really honor Him as God. Because of that, your religion is just a bunch of truth that you've been taught by man. And that's why you never get it. That's why you've got to be whipped week after week. That's why your daddy's got to rip your hide off every month. You never really get it for yourself. Yes, sir. I read a little analogy called smack wrong and can't be right. This man, he's an animal to have a conscience. Not a moral conscience where they really understand right and wrong, but a conscience of convenience. And they gave an example. I bring a little puppy dog in your house. And you go marinate that poor tender boy. Set it up there on the counter and go take a shower. And you 
Father God has jumped up on the counter. There's the Lord tender woman marinating. Now this furry little muscle there, as he's looking up at you, what do you give him a little song? Bad talking. Bad talking. <laughs> uh-huh. He doesn't understand that he's scared you a tender woman. He didn't care reason like that. But he knows that you're not very happy with him as his pastor. There's only people said it's a little public Messes on the floor. Go, bad doggy, bad doggy. Y'all get this? I shouldn't do that either. He begins to catalog these things in his little puppy mind. Well, one day, did you guys seek out his paw there? Treat in his paw. And you say, good puppy, good puppy. Well, he starts to realize there are some things that are smack wrong, but there are other things that are candy right. And so he begins to develop a conscience just based on what's good for him. And that's what you have for the most part in the church. People that truly aren't regenerated and don't truly understand the fear of the Lord. They've just become evangelistically house and you've got to continue to deal with their mess and to whip them week after week. Because they have never received this indispensable, foundational attitude of heart, which is the fear of the Lord. Praise God. You see how essential this is. We come next to the vessel that God uses. You see, Proverbs 1 not only reveals the purpose of discipleship, the foundational posture of heart and the way, but it also identifies the vessel God has ordained to lead one in the way, thus being instrumental in the discipleship process. And what we must see is that all of these aspects are inseparably linked together. You see, God indeed does speak directly to men. But the outstanding means of communication that God employs in regards to discipleship is through a human vessel. And the first human vessel invested with God's authority that we come in contact with is our parents. You see the progression. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then the very next verse says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Do you see how all of this is linked together? The purpose, attaining. Then after that, we have the essential attitude, the fear of the Lord. And anybody that truly fears God is going to fear God's Word and their authority. And thus they are going to not despise instruction and reproof, but receive it. And then right after that, it says, my son, basically, Honor your father and your mother because they are the vessels 
that will first apply these truths to your heart. You see, when anyone comes in contact with God and they choose a right response, which is the fear of the Lord, the practical fruit of their encounter with divine authority will then be a recognition of and a submission to all God-ordained authority. You see, we are saved by faith. But faith is simply maintaining a right relationship with God's authority, whether it be in His Word or in His ordained authorities in the earth. You remember the centurion? He just said, just speak your word. I'm a man under authority. I understand authority. I'm rightly related to authority. And Jesus said, I haven't found so great a faith in all of Israel. You see, we're saved by faith. And you cannot divorce faith from a right relationship with authority. Moreover, a fruit of the fear of the Lord is a fear of all authority. That the Lord has vested his authority in. You see, a spiritual man fears God. And the natural earthly fruit of that is he fears to displease his authority. That's right. That's just a natural That's right. That's right. The spiritual man learns to please God. Isn't that right? That translates the earth to a desire to sincerely please one's earth. You know, the Bible speaks about people not having natural affection. That woman that goes to murder her baby, that abortion bill is violating natural, the greatest natural affection perhaps truly born again. The nature of that new creature is to fear God and thus to fear authority. The nature of that new creature is a desire to please God and thus to please that authority. And if you don't have that, no man can teach it to you. You need to get born again and receive the fear of the and it will be a natural byproduct in your life. The Bible says the wise son makes a glad father. Do you think your sons are strong? Do you think that is a good thing? The Bible says it's a good thing. And when you find people like that, come on. I don't need to fear my authority. Come on, come on. I don't need to see you truly please my authority. You're looking in the face of a fool. He is utterly stupid and completely insane. Nobody taught me that. It came with the new creature. You hear me? Fools will sit down and wrangle with you. How do you explain that thing? This is how they say this.
Therefore, the fifth commandment doesn't end with just honoring your parents. That's a principle. That's the first authority thing you come in contact with. But as you grow, you're going to come in contact with a lot of other authority figures. God's just giving us a principle here. And you had better honor all earthly authorities. And this is borne out in Proverbs chapter 1. What does it say? It says that wisdom is crying out to all people. Where does Lady Wisdom cry out? In the chief place of concourse in the streets. You ever seen Lady Wisdom out there? Preston? Crying out to their seen that? I haven't seen Lady Wisdom either. We all know that when wisdom cries out, we quote it all the time. Who's wisdom crying out through? A vessel. A preacher. How shall they hear without a preacher? There it is right there. The wisdom of God is crying out to all of you in here. It's coming through the vessel of your parents and your spiritual authority as God is using them to cry out to each. Remember 2 Timothy 3.16 where it says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. You know what it says right before that? Paul said, Timothy, continue in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Do you see that link right there? In other words, there was a human vessel that taught Timothy the Word. He was to continue in that. What's the nature of ministry? Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. There it is again. That's the nature of ministry that's truly submitted to God and is preaching the word. The essence of it is going to be reproof, rebuke, and exhortation. Do you see this? Is that if one embraces the foundational grace of the Christian life, the fear of the Lord, then such a person will also embrace a humble and a teachable spirit which will receive, honor, and even tremble at the reproofs and the warnings and the loving restraints of their God ordained earthly. This is the foundation. And until an individual gets this right, right here, they're not taking another step in the Spirit. Amen. That's an absolute, or God is a liar. reason the fool is such a fool is because he despises one of the greatest blessings of God in his life. That being his spiritual authority. So what is the end? There are two paths 
choose from. And thus only two possible endings in life. As I've told you, life is a choice between two pains. The pain of the present discipline of self-denial and submission. Or the future pain of regret. Those are the two choices that we all have. And there are only two ends of life that are possible. You see, the wise man is the one who allows God to be God. And thus he chooses a humble and a teachable spirit and is thus ready, willing, and even anxious to learn. Thus the wise man will ever be increasing and his spiritual profit will be evident to all men. There will be change and growth in his life. And such a wise man will then begin to discern the voice of God as God speaks to them. The wise man will then begin to learn good judgment and discernment himself as his spiritual house is established and shored up. In fact, if you're a true disciple, you will most of the time already be aware of what you are being reproved for. Next week, we're going to deal with the wrong responses to correction. But as I said, if you're really sensitive, yes, we all can have blind spots. But for the most part, if you're a spiritual man, God's already dealing with you in your heart before that authority puts right. you right. right. Yes, sir. You see, the wise man will receive the greatest treasure of all, the knowledge and the presence of God. And this is what the wise man's life looks like. It says in chapter 2, My son, if thou wilt receive my words. Again, Proverbs 1-9, through it's father to son. Authority speaking into the life of that son. God desiring your blessing. And what does it say? My son, if you will receive my words, hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear to wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as the hid treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. That's the blessing. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. You think about that word. What is understanding? It's self-defined. Understanding is having perception. It's being able to see right. Not just to see a thing or a situation, but to see through it. And the only way to have such spiritual sight is to stand under right. authority. Right. That's what understanding is. If you will not stand under authority, and instead you just want to stand at the top and look down. 
you just going to see the surface. The only way to have true spiritual knowledge, the only way to truly have the fear of God is to be submitted to authority. The authority of God in His Word as practically applied by our earthly authority. And then and only then will you have under isn't that beautiful? I know y'all don't think it is, but I do. Amen. I think it's glorious. This is so beautiful. But you know, you think Proverbs is just disjointed. No, 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 no. Very logical. Do you, do you see this? Glorious scarlet thread set forth there. This is a life of pure blessedness. Now we quote Hebrews. Thus God can swear by no greater. So he swore by himself. And we know we apply that presupposition. Only God is adequate to testify for himself. Amen. That's a good application. But you know what the context Who was he speaking to? What about? I'm speaking about Abraham. And you know what he said to Abraham? He said, Blessing. I will bless you. Blessing. I will bless you. That's what he was saying. He was saying, Abraham. Spitting 
in the face of God. Not only wicked, but utterly insane. Sir, God wants to bless you. Proverbs says, if you hear the instruction of your father, forsake not the law of your mother, then they shall be an ornament of grace under your head and chains about your neck. You'll be the evident token of the blessing of God in your life. Which is a crown, that ornament of grace is a crown. There'll be a spiritual crown. Signify grace to overcome and to reign on this earth with Christ. You see, that's the only way to overcome young people. There's no other way. If you want that crown, then you're going to submit yourself to God's authority through your parents. Amen. He also said, He's going to give you a golden chain about that back. Who was Doesn't come by it only comes through God. Why was the essence of Daniel and Joseph? Two men with excellent spirits. Two men that feared the Lord. Two men whose life you couldn't figure out in the natural, but they trusted in the wisdom and the sovereignty of God, even to submitting to wicked.
Okay, what's that worth? If you don't esteem that right there, you are the epitome of a fool. That's right. That's right. That can be your end, Amen. But there's another end for those who don't choose this way. And it's set out in Proverbs chapter 1 as well. This is the end of the fool right here. No exception. What does it say? It says wisdom is crying. She's crying out once again to young people this morning. What is she saying? How long, you simple ones, will you love your simplicity? How long are some of you going to just play gang with God and just dabble around like little simple? The one glorious privilege to know and to serve the living God. You are one step from the city of refuge. 
because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They despised my reproof. Therefore, shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. That is an inescapable absolute. If you live as a fool, that will eventually be real. Listen to this verse in Job. He is wise and hard and mighty in strength. Who hath hardened himself against him and hath prospered? You answer that. You tell me one person that ever hardened himself against God and prospered. There's never Right. Or God's a liar. Mm-hmm. You, see, you see, this is the fear of the Lord. Right. You take God very seriously. You know that God cannot lie. Yeah. If you call the Father, who without respect of persons, judges every man according to his works, pass the time of your sojourning upon this earth in fear.
lays there in that bed and just gently begins to weep and then more and more. Finally, she's weeping violently and she sits up in bed and she cries out at me and regret. Her husband wakes up and says, Darling, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm gonna go 